It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher here for uh, what I'm going to call Adam is a special edition of Inside the Birds. We're going to do something that we haven't done yet, and that's kind of a, a look back pod. And the reason why we're doing it is because... We're a month and a half removed from the draft, and people are all excited about OTAs and Andre Dillard. But the old adage that you really can't judge a draft until three years down the road makes me think that now is a good time to look back on a draft three years ago and really see how the Eagles did. So let's contextualize it first, because this draft in 2016 was Howie Roseman's draft. And that's what makes it unique also and really interesting to look back on at a time where front office, we've talked about Joe Douglas, talk about Howie, control, power, everything like that. This draft in 2016 was a Howie Roseman draft. He had not hired Joe Douglas until after it. And so we're going to go through now and look at the picks and decide how we feel about them. And in in general, we'll come to a, a summary afterward on how we feel about this draft. Uh, you, you used, Before we do that, Adam, you used to work with Bill Polian. At ESPN. Yes. And yes. he had a philosophy on the draft as far as a hit rate, if I'm not mistaken. That he, that well, he said first about? round, he said, well, he had the numbers. He said mm-hmm. that in the first round, team, the, the hit rate somewhere between like 47, or 50, 47 and 50%. Right. So look, you, over time, you're going to miss on first round picks. It's just, and Bill would always say, no matter how much research you do, how much information gathering you have and you feel great about it, you're still going to miss some of these. It's just the way it is. Now, the, the Patriots are probably one of the best at first-round picks. You can go over time and see the teams that are not good with first-round picks. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it just it's weird. The Jaguars have not been, but they've drafted so well in other rounds, it puts pressure on you to do that. So, mm-hmm. But the 2016 draft, and we're going to get through this, and how he's been the general manager or whatever title he has, he's had control, right. but he's been in the high-ranking executive Role since 2016. Other than he didn't have it in 15, uh, he didn't have it in 15. Mm-hmm. He was reassigned. But I would say going through it, and when you told me you wanted to do this, and I love the idea, there is no question. 2016 has been by far his best draft. Oh, it's a pivotal draft, absolutely. And and you're right. It, it was uh, especially if you let's go back to the context again. 
this is April. In January is when he had his power restored, right after Chip Kelly was fired. If you remember, his first two months back on the job, he had to do all these contract extensions just to start to make sure the nucleus was intact. He gave Vinnie Curry an extension. He gave Zach Ertz an extension. He gave Fletcher Cox eventually an extension. So he had to take care of all of these things. He had to wear so many hats this that year, and he really had to rely a lot on his coaches and his scouts at the time who uh, he trusted to help him with this draft. So it was really it, – it was such a crossroads and pivotal moment for the franchise because he was handling so many if, – if this had gone wrong, who knows what kind he of – He would have been out of a job. He, he would have been out of a job. Yeah, who knows sure. if we'd be talking about Super Bowls and anything with this team. Sorry, so this is good. So the big reason why Howie's done such a good job since he came back where he totally failed, totally strong, where he really failed a, mm-hmm. quite a bit, is he didn't – he was not a good enough listener. Correct. And I think, Howie, when you're general manager in your early 30s in this market and with the expectations, he, it was too early. He didn't have a right-hand man. He just didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was when he came back, he, he clearly learned a lot. And it is when you're sabbatical. It, he's documented it before he's talked about it. He went around the league and talked to different people, talked to general managers in other sports. And I think he learned a lot. you got to be a good communicator and a better listener. Yeah. And he just was not. And... He does such a great job. I've talked to a lot of people who work with him in the last three years. He does such a great job of gathering information and intel from them and leaning on Joe Douglas mm-hmm. or other people. That he's And by the way, he's a very underrated tape evaluator. That's probably one of the things that people have told me that have worked with him. Yeah. If you sum it all up, I could see why they're doing well. Now, we don't know much about the 17-18 dresses. You said you want to give three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, the last year's draft really looks good in terms of the first two picks in lane five. 17 is up in the air because of injury, but 16, Right. we could talk about this because a lot of it has gone well, and there's some stuff that we've never talked about before. Right, well, let's go with number one. Obviously, the second overall pick in the draft, they get Carson Wentz. Um, it's an interesting way that they were able to go about it. They started off of having, the, I believe, the 15th overall pick that year, and they moved from 15 to 8 in a trade with the Dolphins that Howie has said they consummated right around the Combine. You know, he and Mike Tannenbaum, who was in charge of the Dolphins at the time, very close. Uh, I think he's, he mentioned that they were on the same floor in the same hotel, and they started having right? early discussions of how and, to get, and, and get and it done. Do you know that, my, that um, when Howie was contacting teams in 1998, 1999, mm-hmm. first worked for the Eagles in 2000, he actually called, he called the Eagles, mm-hmm. and he called Mike Tannenbaum. Mm-hmm. Now, I've actually talked you mean to he both. called the Jets. He called the right? Jets, right. Yeah. I actually have talked to Mike, and I've talked to Howie about this years ago, and that that's kind of how long they've known each other, so it, it helps when you have a relationship with people. Exactly. So I believe, I can't remember the entire details, but what they wind up doing is trading Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell, two guys brought in under the chip era, um, one completely overpaid, the other you had to give up a potential Hall of Fame running back to get, not very good deals in the long term, to get from 15-8. And then... They move, make the big move. That's when everybody knew they were going to get Carson Wentz, when they moved from 8 to 2, right, to go and pick Carson Wentz. Now, how do they know Carson Wentz and not Jared Goff? We know that Howie's also very close with the Rams. Kevin GM, Demoff. Kevin right. Demoff, and I'm well. pretty yeah. sure that when Howie moved up to 2, he knew that Goff was going to go number 1 and Wentz would be there at number 2. And I've heard that maybe he would have been comfortable in either scenario. doesn't matter. They get Carson Wentz number 2 overall. I think at this point... You have to consider – I know there are people who are skeptical about the injury history or they wonder how good he really is because last year he didn't play as well as two years ago, yada, yada. They got themselves a franchise quarterback. If you get yourself oh, a yeah. franchise quarterback <laughs> in a draft, you've done a good job. So 
We could stop right here after round one and say this draft was a success because they got Carson Wentz. And ever since Carson's been here, they've had nothing but success. But in general, it was a it was a, a fantastic evaluation from top to bottom. Yeah, and it's what I find fascinating is, and I and I I, I respect the Browns, I really do. But I don't know what they were thinking. Like, so I talked to someone who was with the Browns at that time, and it's not a secret that they had an issue with Carson's accuracy, mm-hmm. especially downfield. And I talked to the Eagles about that, and they said this will all take care of itself over time. He just needs more reps. Mm-hmm. Now. We could also talk about his injury history has been significant, but that was never the part of the real true evaluation. Right. The issues, and I actually talked to Bill Pauline about this when I was at ESPN then. The issues were, Bill told me the level of competition was almost meaningless. He goes, when if you rank the ten, top 10 criteria for your quarterback, level of competition is much lower. It's about how many snaps you took as a college player. That's why Bill was very down. Bill and I got actually a, got a little bit of an argument on, on TV, on NFL Insiders, because I said, look, Mitch Trubisky's going in the top 10. And he's like, oh, he can't, he can't. He's hardly had any reps. He's only had one year of production. I go, look, Bill, I'm just telling you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But the reality is, this guy's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's sort of a project, but it's a quarterback-driven league, and he's going in the top 10, whether you like it or not. But I got his point. He wants guys, if they're not seniors, they better have a minimum of two years of experience, but you want three. And sure. Wentz came on later in his career at North Dakota State but and he the, missed time. His, he, he, he missed a lot of his senior year. Yeah, he had the wrist hand. injury. Yeah, he, he had yeah. the wrist injury. They loved him. The senior bowl was really a big You ready for this thing. story? This is unbelievable. Speaking of the senior bowl, that's what I was going to get to next. So I hadn't, I, truth be told, I had no idea they like Wentz. I was standing next to Jeffrey Lloyd for 45 minutes. We're just, we're, we're just chatting. I did not know then that they liked him or were even considering trading up. This is well before the trade's up. So I, I didn't know anything. I'm just watching Carson Wentz, and I had no good of no idea how good of an athlete this guy was. I've gone to the Senior Bowl since 2002. He is, if he didn't have the best Senior Bowl I've ever seen by a quarterback, Carson, Carson Palmer did in, in 03 or 02. Mm-hmm. Wentz is probably number two. He was phenomenal. Every throw, big, athletic, 6'5", 240. He had everything, but I didn't quite realize that level competition is not that big of a deal, as I learned from Polian. The Eagles did so much research on this, and th- this is where the Browns really screwed up, Jeff. How the hell, when you need a, a franchise quarterback, do you not spend the kind of time the Eagles do? The Eagles spent two days with this guy. Right. They spent two days with Goff. On that caravan, let's get to that. Let's fast forward this a little bit. Uh-huh. So we, we we talk about the Senior Bowl. As I remember it, on the caravan out west, it was Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, Frank Reich, Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. the quarterback coach John Filippo. I believe Tom Donahoe was on that trip. Yes. I, I, think, I think he was, he was. on that trip. Yeah. They were all the trip out there. to Bismarck. Yeah, well, yes, yes. The, yes, yes. Out west. Well, remember, they went out to work out golf and spent 10 days. Right. As I understand, according to multiple sources, they were they were split going into that week. They could say whatever they want and try to dispute it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to back off. So I know what happened. You know, when I retire, I'll tell you really what the real story was, but I'm going to I'm going to go as close as I can to telling people next week, which is pretty much <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I'm in my 50s now, but but I'm going to give you a lot of stuff that no one knows. So they were split, but after that caravan, it was Wentz. Mm-hmm. Why was it Wentz? You you watch him go up in the chalkboard. They also brought him into their the, the, to their complex, but you spend two days with someone in every way, shape, or form. And by the way, they, they spoke to other people who were around them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were convinced after the two days of spending time with them, this was their guy. This guy would be. This guy would change their franchise for for for, for decades. 
if they get it wrong, Roseman's out, Peterson's out. They're all they're well, all going to lose their to job stake now. Their reputation to somebody. Yes. Now I'll put an asterisk. Who knew about Nick Foles? No, that's another part of the story Correct. which we didn't know about. Correct. But they were going to stake their reputation on it. They were going to get it right. They knew after Jeff that trip. It was once. I don't care if they if they say that they knew in January. They're they're they're, they're effing lying. Right. That's not the case. I know that. I said Lori was standing next to me. He knew he saw it. Right. But I didn't even ask him about it. I will tell you that I saw Jeffrey. Uh, at the owners' meetings, and what he did tell me, we were just we we had we we were alone for a while. It might have been an hour before all these media people came around him, but I could just tell in his voice they were getting a quarterback. I didn't know it was going to be Wentz then. Right. This is the third week of March. They may have made the we, you know they may have made the trade up with the Dolphins, and also the Demarco Murray trade, which we should have mentioned. Remember they they that was part of it to move up. Yes, that's right. I forgot that trade was another Demarco part of it. Yeah. But to finish this off here, they knew this was their guy. They had done all the research the Browns were not willing to do because the Browns held some minor issues with Wentz against them, which was completely foolish. That's why they got fired. Mm-hmm. They deserved to get fired. They, they 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 wrote their own ticket out of town. If you can't evaluate quarterbacks, you're going to get fired. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Roseman, Laurie, all the coaches, and Tom Donahoe came to a conclusion. There was no doubt in their mind. Now, there were some people of that group were either on the fence or leaning probably towards Goff a little bit. Mm-hmm. But after spending time there, it was over. It was over. So they decided they figured one guy isn't sure what coast the sun rises in, and the other guy you sit down with and have a dinner, and he's probably surgically explaining everything he does on the whiteboard. Whatever it was, was whatever interview process is very important. Yes, whatever he blew them away with intelligence. You see how big the guy is. Of course, that's part of it because, and plus, and remember that was a pro style offense that he came from. Yes. Yes, once he was he was able to read defenses and yes, make calls. Yes, and, and we, we've talked about this. There was a little bit of this when he came in. He thought he knew too much. He yeah. thought he knew a lot, and they knocked that out of him. But they were new because of his high intelligence, athleticism, toughness, mm-hmm. and he great guy. Like you saw what Chris Long said in his tweet mm. recently about mm-hmm. when Chris announced his retirement. Carson thanked him, and then he talked about you don't the off. Carson's so authentic. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. Trust me on that. So, so, so that that's all I got on this. But I wanted to get that out because we we haven't talked about this. No, it's a really it's uh, a fascinating publicly. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously they completed that trade with um, Cleveland, as you mentioned. Uh, they didn't have a second round pick that year because I believe that's the pick that went along with Nick Foles to the Rams to get Sam Bradford. So they didn't have a second round pick. Then they go all the way to third. So th- here's what's really interesting about this draft, Adam. They pick second overall, and then don't pick again until the end of the third. Isaac Sayamalu at 79th. 77 players across go off the board before the Eagles can. And remember, he's trying to build this thing back up before they're able to get Isaac Sayamalu. you got to give a lot of credit to Jeff Stoutland, who how he had to lean on for, again, without Boy, does a, he lean on without a Joe big, Douglas, big he had to lean right. on somebody sure. to help him with offensive linemen. And Isaac Samuel is an interesting guy because he started off not playing as a rookie, and then it, when he finally played last in 2017, it did not start very well. No, he actually his I, I thought it was going to be a bust. Yeah, Jeff, you and I know the real story here. They drafted him to be the replacement for uh, Jason Kelsey. Right, the Eagles actually made him available. Kelsey, I was at ESPN then. I I think it was like 2016, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's probably why they. Well, I mean, I know that's why they they drafted Isaac, thinking he'd be the replacement for Jason at center, not a guard. Um, it is so worked out that he's 
I don't have an explanation for it. I, although I, I was told by multiple sources he, he had a lack of confidence first two years. Somehow the bell went off last year. Finally, yeah. And he played really well, so much so that he got an extension. I never saw that coming. I know, the first and this year. just goes to tell you the fine line between what we consider bust and success. Same thing with Nelson Aguilar. Two, after the first two years, bust. You know, they draft this kid in 2016. He doesn't play. And then by 2017, they tried to start him, had that terrible game against Kansas City week two, pulled the plug on him, put Wisniewski in. They go win a Super Bowl. Then he starts off as was his backup last year, but then has the tables turned. He gets in. Wisniewski doesn't play as well early. He gets in. And then, as you just mentioned, earned himself a contract extension. He's not a pro ball guard yet. He's not. He's in, He's a good starting guard, though. So but, you got him in the third round. That to me is a okay. Good Let's say in a couple. Well, Kelsey, this should be it for Kelsey. Maybe he gets thick two years out of him. Maybe, but he could be that. He still could move to center. Absolutely, could be their center of the yeah. future. So as we sit here right now, three years later, Isaac Sayamalu is your starting left guard on an offensive line that is considered one of the best, if not the best. So that's a good pick. Yeah. So, so the way it works is first round picks. This is the way that uh, personal people explain to me. First round picks must start by the end of the rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Wentz is third round picks. Low-end starter, high-end backup, he's better than that. Right. He's probably above-average starting guard. That's a home. Run. The first two picks are home runs, and they did not have a fourth-round pick. They did not have a fourth-round pick. So here we say 77 picks went between their first and second pick. Then, all the way, not only did they have a fourth-round pick, they picked Wendell Smallwood 153rd overall. So my quick math tells me that's about 80 picks between 79 and 153. What a draft. I mean, I mean, you know how much Howie loves to wheel and, and get picks, right? He twice has to sit there and watch more than 70 guys go over the board before he gets to be able you to know, pick I'll, I'll be honest with you. After what happened this year, I'm no longer subscribed that he wants – he. He may think he wants to get picks. He's willing to not have any picks. He, that's true, yeah, but I just yeah. mean he, he always talks about getting antsy yeah, yeah, when yeah. he sees players yeah, yeah. going off the board. He actually said exactly that. Right, so, uh, right. yeah, I know. Right. I remember one year he didn't have a second or a third, I think, and he said he was walking around the Novacare complex to walk Pacing. off his – Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, like he put his Walkman on and he went outside and Walkman. walked. Walkman? What is this, 1980? Around, well, you know how. He's, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so they pick Wendell Smallwood at 153rd overall. This has been – this is a really hard pick to decipher. So let's first say when you get into the fifth round, as you just laid out, now your expectations change. You hope a player becomes a starter or he becomes a piece. You hope. Contributor. I mean, it's just a high. backup yeah. contributor, yeah. special teams. Right. They got it right. That's what he is, right? He, well, I would say to this point, last year he was their most reliable runner. Now they're not going to bring him back, and he may not make the team this probably year. He not. probably yeah. won't. But last year he was your – when you needed short yardage – you weren't getting it from Josh Adams. See, my only problem with him is he was he's been given an opportunity to be the guy and he's blown it every time. He couldn't handle it, yeah. But they got the pick right because he's exactly what you get in the fifth round. Spot starter if you're lucky, special teamer, good backup player, and that's what he is. Yeah. Now, could you have done better? Possibly. I don't remember who went in the fifth yeah. round that year. He doesn't catch the ball very well, which kind of makes you question the the uh, what do I want to call it? The 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 match from scheme to personnel. A little bit, but again, I don't know what was available in the fifth round, and he might have just been the best, and they knew that they were going to move on from Ryan Matthews. That You mentioned they had already moved on from DeMarco Murray, so they really needed to stabilize that running back committee. Uh, they had another pick, just 11 picks later. So here Howie has to wait all this time, and now he finally gets to make two picks within an 11-pick stretch, and he takes out of TCU, Halapulivati Vaitai. Do you remember your first thought? 
Just as a reporter, when they took this guy's name, like, oh my God, I have to spell this. I happen to do homework on this guy, and Uh I remember this is a Jeff Statland special. Mm -hmm. This is one where he was he needed to drop weight. He was a monster in size, and he couldn't get on the field till he lost weight. And then something happened at seven. I don't know what happened, other than I couldn't believe how well he played Uh when he had to play. Now, obviously, he aggressed a little bit last season, but he's a typical fifth-round pick. They, they, they got it right to this point because right. he's a bit of pr- pretty good contributor. Um, I think he's going to get reps at guard. Doug, won't, Doug Peterson won't confirm this. We'll, we'll find out, obviously, over time. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to – in fact, I know he's going to get time at guard. Yeah. To this point, they've gotten it right because he's still in the roster. He's a contributor. They want to as much as I want to oh, yeah, kill right. this pick yeah. and yeah. kill him because he's – you know, when you see an offensive lineman, you can kind of excuse technique. And this and that. You hate to see an offensive lineman who doesn't play – Tough. Competitive toughness is one of the hallmarks of being an offensive lineman. And sometimes you watch him play and you feel like he doesn't respond that way. But he won a Super Bowl. He was a starting left tackle on a team that won a Super Bowl. So what am I going to do? Sit here and say he's useless? It was a bad no, pick. No, they got the right. They Who got the, to this they, point. They, they got, got, the, got pick right. the pick right. They're right. All right. Let's move on. And this is going to be a really interesting next pick. It comes in the sixth round at 196. And it's interesting because he never played for them, but he's now back on the team. <laughs> and that's safety Blake Countess. Correct. So he was really drafted as a, he was a corner in college. Um, for whatever reason, the, the the Rams thought he'd be a safety, and the, he, it, he 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 was really a kickoff return. Is really what he did for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did as a professional. He's had two interceptions. He's actually had a sack. But he's going to be the Eagles' fourth safety this season if he makes the team. They did extend his contract. You would think he'd make it, but he's not guaranteed to make it. But they they missed on that one. Mm-hmm. So the way I value this, it's just like with the, uh, Pumphrey. If you cut the guy. He missed. You missed. Correct. I don't care that he's back. That doesn't. If you evaluate it correctly, if we're being fair here, they missed the pick. No, mm-hmm. he has a chance to revive himself. Probably if, if he's on the roster, dresses the fourth safety and kickoff returner. What I wonder is, when we look back, is why did they cut him? Because he was a corner, and you knew in 2016 they went in. It was not a position of strength for them. They had Jalen Mills at the time. They just drafted. Did they draft him in that? Oh, we're going to talk about him because they drafted him in the set. They actually drafted Jalen Mills behind Blake Countess. Amazing. So what they really had as starters at the time, if I remember correctly, were they had traded Byron Maxwell, right? So my gosh, who were the starters at cornerback? They didn't have Ronald Darby yet. Who were they playing at corner? Oh, the kid Leotis McKelvin, who was, was one starter. Always hurt with a hamstring. Always yeah. hurt. Good call by you. And uh, I want to say, oh, he was a first uh, round pick, by the way. Yes, he was a high first round pick. And then the kid Nolan Carroll. Yes, who was inconsistent, got inconsistent. hurt. He's right. out of league. Yeah, it, they, and I remember saying how I remember how he's saying that he was done pe- with patchwork with corners because when he made the trade for Darby, he's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That was what he said. He said we're done with patchwork at cornerback. That was on him. Look, that was on him. He he did not do a good enough job of developing the cornerback position. Correct. But the seventh round pick was Jalen Mills. Mm-hmm. He dropped farther than people expected. He didn't run very well. The thought around the league was, Jeff, that he would be a safety, not a corner. Right. I was wrong on this. He made it. He thrived. He still doesn't run that well, but he's tough. He's smart. Right. Before she's come back from a broken foot, but that was a hell of a pick. My God, that's, I mean, when you get a start in the seventh round, that's incredible. By the way, I want to go back and remind that Ron Brooks was their nickel corner, and he was pretty, he was another Buffalo. So Jim Schwartz had a big impact on the personnel at the time. They had Leotis McKelvin, who he coached in Buffalo. They bring in Ron Brooks. So they start Carroll, McKelvin, and Ron Brooks as their slot. So that's their top three. They had Eric Rowe at the time. So that's their fourth corner at the time, right? And then they draft Countess and Mills. 
Schwartz must have hated him. They traded him before uh, the season started. I was so critical of that move. I got to say. I remember you being pissed I did off not, about it. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't. For a team that had not drafted well or high at corner for so many years to give up a guy, a guy after one year. And by the way, it wasn't <laughs> a chip. I'll I'll tell you, you know, I'll show chip. Right. How he didn't do that. It was a, that Schwartz didn't want him. Simple as that. Absolutely. They also had Jalen Watkins, who was a cornerback safety hybrid. So they had some, it didn't have talent, but they had depth. And it was very interesting that they went and drafted Countess and Mills and that Countess didn't make it and Mills did. But we have come to learn that Jim likes the hard-nosed, tall, physical corner. That's his calling card, too. Right? I didn't be able to run, but yeah. He likes, yeah. Well, of course, everybody likes corners yeah. that can run. But yeah. in the absence of, Jim specifically prefers physical guys. Go back to Cortland Finnegan, right? All-terrain Werner. He always liked those kind of big, tough, tough corners. So he has that in Jalen Mills. So that, that's pretty interesting. I guess you'd have to call, again, you win a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills as your starter. That's a good pick. And he's a six-round pick. Great pick. Seventh Great. Are you kidding? Great. You start seventh seventh round seventh round Absolutely. At a, pr- at a top four position, a corner. Uh, Alex McAllister, let me tell you about him. He was the next pick yeah. in the seventh round. <laughs> he never played for the Eagles. In fact, I don't that think was he's the, never uh, played an NFL game. You ready for this one? That so was the, the Howie Gator pick. I'm a, okay, I'm at OTAs, <laughs> and uh, I see a guy with a jersey on. Like, he had, he's, must be like 6'5", six, 6'4". And he looked like he weighed about a 200 pounds. I'm like, this guy, this guy needs to, he needs to get fat. Yep. He looked like a rail. I'm like, this guy will never make it, and he never made it. He was right. too thin, but he he did have explosion. Mm-hmm. He was built like the kid who was a first round pick by the Browns. Banner drafted him, uh, 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 Mingo, Mingo, yeah. But he was so thin, he never made it. And then the guy Joe, I mean Jeff, their last pick. <laughs> if he didn't tear his ACL, he would have made it. Be the backup Mike was Joe Walker. Yeah, and a, tore his ACL, and then he Oregon. came back the next year and got hurt again. I believe he had a pectoral injury or a chest okay. and shoulder, something like that. He was always hurt. It's a shame because they got that one right, and he got hurt, and he was out of Oregon, and he wound up going to um, he wound up going to the Cardinals, and just he's kind of hanging around loosely. But that is by far the best draft that Howie Roseman had him, and I don't know how you do better than that. I've I've been I've been told that. Uh, Kind of school of thought is if you get three starters out of a draft, you want two. That's your goal. I've been told three. If you get three, do that. Well, no one does it may that. depend. Like they yeah. only picked five players this year, but most teams pick between seven or eight. Two is I've been two, told for twenty years. Two is that's if you low. Get two, I mean, that's like twenty five percent of your team. Starters or Pro you, Bowl players? starters? Starters. Yeah. I've, I've heard you get two, three. So it's okay. got to be somewhere okay. in between. Two right? or three. Okay. Two All right. Three. So Carson Wentz is a starter. Isaac Sayomal is a starter. Smallwood last year was a starter. Well, Vitae Mills, was a starter. Mills, uh, Mills, Mills, was your, yeah, Mills yeah, yeah, has been your starter. Yeah. So this is good. You can name three other guys, Vitae and Smallwood, who had, I'm sorry, two other guys who are starters at times. Or, or, or good, or productive. Capable, right. Top backup, low-end starter. If you get that, this is a, like an historic draft. Mm-hmm. They got a, they got their future the franchise quarterback. They got a starting guard, a decent backup in Smallwood, inconsistent, but Vitae, a good backup. Mills, a starter who played way better than anyone th- could you know, believed he could. Right. Really outstanding draft. That's what um, people forget. Like yeah. you, people want to kill Jalen Mills, and that's fine. He's mm-hmm. not great, but in the seventh round, you're hoping to get a guy who makes the team. Oh, it's the percentages of seventh is is overwhelmingly yeah. against. Right. Right. Even making so, it. Right. It's yeah. A great you, draft. Had a, you had a sixth rounder and a seventh rounder. Well, sixth rounder didn't make the team, but he's still in the NFL, and now he's back. And then a seventh rounder helped you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, so so I think Howie clearly learned about listening to the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, J- Jeff Statlin is, I know, it's not a secret. Everyone listens to him. He leans on the right people. Uh, 17 draft, 
it, too many injuries. We just don't know enough about it. We're not there yet. We'll, we'll do this next well, year. Next and year we'll, we'll review do that. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So good draft. This is um this is what as draft. you mentioned. It's actually a great draft. A great draft. Uh, there's also the school of thought if you get a franchise quarterback in a draft, it doesn't matter what you did and everything else because that lifts the franchise so well, it's much. The most important position on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember who the Seahawks took in round one and round two of the year that they got Russell Wilson. But that's because they it's got a Russell point. Wilson. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anytime you can get a, a franchise quarterback, you've done an excellent job. Um, what, if I'm going to ask you this, what stands out other than Carson Wentz, who I think when you pick a quarterback number two, supposed to be a good player, better be. What stands yeah. out to you most about this draft? That year, mm-hmm. for them or for the whole league, just for the team. Anything that stands out to me, um, high character. I'd say high character. I would say yeah. really high character. Although there's some issues with Smallwood and Mills and too. Mil- Mills the Mills little, thing got yeah. diffused, right? But Smallwood, there was one incident uh, earlier in his life that was. was questionable. Yep. But I would say the biggest thing and how he's gotten right since he's come back in personnel, the character of these players, don't get into trouble. Right. I mean, they, they really, and I know the coaching has been great, but man, the ca- high character. That that's. I think that's that's a good question. To go I think along, the thing stands that stands out. out to me is that a lot of these guys have had to deal with adversity and so far have persevered. Wentz with the injuries and his rookie year, you know, he had to, he had to make changes. He had to make changes through a lot of picks, mm-hmm. and you saw what he involved into. Sayamalu had to deal with the adversity, self brought whatever he couldn't crack confidence. Yeah. yeah. Vitai, once he started to practice and get those, we've talked about this. He's much better when he gets the reps in and not thrown in on a fly. Helps you win a Super Bowl. Wendell Smallwood last year, for everything he had been through in his first three years, to constantly get benched in the first year, second, third, fourth, third. The, the year, remember, the year before, he, in the Super Bowl year, he was out of it. To come back last year. And oh, really dress, well, yeah. Yeah, dress, I, yeah. I just think that, you know, Jalen Mills, all these guys, to me, it shows that, to your character point, they came back from a lot of adversity. This was a good draft and a good franchise-defining type of it's, draft. It's, again, how he's been in charge in, since 2010. It's by far his best draft. Right now, it looks like it's going to be a historic draft, mm-hmm. and we'll see if he can duplicate it. But I think he's learned a lot about himself and how you run a how you need to run a front office. You need to listen to your people. Absolutely, you, listen, you need to listen to everyone, not just a couple people. And that's what he's learned. All right. Well, that was a, a fun podcast. I enjoyed looking back on the 2016 draft, and I think we gave it a pretty good. You want to give it a letter grade? You give it an A since you. Oh yeah, that was yeah, fun. I think this draft is an it's a, a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no question. We'll do it again next year for the 2017 draft. All right. Thanks for listening to the Inside the Birds podcast for Adam Kaplan. I am Jeff Mosher, and oh, of course, we thank you for flying inside the birds. Oh.